0: This is the Mindfulness and Productivity Systems podcast with Dr. Serene Sharif. This is a space where we explore how mindfulness, productivity systems and our thoughts create the magic in our life. I'm here to help and support you if you are struggling with overwhelm and burnout and you're looking for tools to take control of your time, mind, energy and productivity. I'm your host, Dr. Serene Sharif, and I am a general surgeon, medical educator, mom to three wonderful children, and wife, which were all instrumental in my journey to be a productivity and burnout coach. I'm excited to share my tools and unique framework to build a community We'll discuss how to overcome limiting beliefs and obstacles that are standing in the way of your dream life, as well as how to create and sustain your new habits in a way that will allow you to finally ditch your willpower and motivation struggles and have more time and energy to live your best life. This is episode number 41. In our last episode, we talked about our life by design and connecting to our vision and purpose. I hope that you were able to take some of the actionable tips that we shared and apply to your life so you can see what are some small changes that you can create in your life that will really help you get to your next level. Now, as we talk about designing and creating the changes that we want to see, I want to send you a special invite. If you are ready to connect to your life, vision, and future selves, create your 2022 vision board and set your goals and design the habits to create your best year ever, then please join my Create Your Vision for 2022 Experiential Masterclass scheduled for December 29th, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can register at www.serenitywellnessmd.com. Dot com forward slash vision 2022. You can also find a link in the show notes, and I look forward to meeting all of you there as we design and create the changes that we want to see in our life. I'm excited to get back to our episode today. We are going to talk about how to use breath as a way to connect to ourselves, to our life, and to our next level. My guest today is an expert in this area, and I think you're going to love our discussion and the actionable tips on using these tools to create the change that you want to see in your life. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited to welcome my guest today, Dr. Ni Cheng Liang. Dr. Liang is a mother, cancer survivor, mindfulness teacher, and award-winning pulmonologist. She is a leader and international speaker on physician wellness, mindfulness, anti-racism, integrative and pulmonary medicine, as well as led numerous courses, retreats, and design wellness curricula. And I'm so excited to have her here today. Hi, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you here. And I would love for you to share what your journey has been. You've done so much and been through really a lot of different types of experiences and balancing being a physician, being a mom and all of the other hats that you wear. So I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey and how you found that balance and how you really incorporated mindfulness into your life.
1: Sure. Happy to. My journey has been more about taking care of myself finally. So when I was diagnosed with cancer over 10 years ago, it was truly a wake-up call for me in realizing that I needed to prioritize my health and wellness so that I could be around for not only myself, but my loved ones. And at that time, I had one daughter and she was about a year and a half, along with being in fellowship. So during the cancer survivor day at the cancer center that I was getting, there was Dr. Steve Hickman, who incidentally I just had on at the podcast. And also for book club yesterday, who taught, talked about mindfulness and what he said really resonated with me on a very deep spiritual level. Having been raised Buddhist, it took having cancer, the jolt of motivation for me to start having a contemplative practice in the first place. And so from that experience, taking time off to get cancer treatment with chemo and surgeries, and then applying integrative medicine approaches to help my Quality of life as I was going through my cancer journey and then beyond as a survivor. Now mindfulness has been interwoven into my life in very intimate ways. Yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity to share.
0: Absolutely, thank you so much for sharing. And as I was listening to you, I realized one of the things that that I've heard so much from people that I coach and even outside of the coaching world, just really just in normal everyday interactions and talking to other moms, etc. What they talk about is there's just no time. There's always that feeling of time scarcity and I'm overwhelmed. There's so much to do. And there's all of these expectations that, oh, I should do this and I should do that. And all the moms are doing this and the kids need that. Like we think all of the things on our to-do list are equally important. And I really appreciated you saying took having cancer as a wake-up call. It, It was the jolt, right? So there are two ways to create change in our life. One, is when we hit a period of pain there's something painful enough it gives us that jolt that wake up call and we think oh my goodness this is not how i want to live my life okay and and then you you create change from there the second methodology if you will that no one really talks about or really pays attention to is we can intentionally create change yes Sometimes, and a lot of times, it takes pain for us to say, ouch, that hurt, I need to do something differently. But what if we really create a change by saying, this is not the place that I want to be. This is not healthy for me. This is a place that I need to think about change. And then, of course, the process of change is completely different. But making that intentional choice, I'd love for you to share a little bit on when you hit that wake up call, and you decided, okay, something needed to change, and you connected to that philosophy of building mindfulness and being present as the way that you were really going to transform your life. What were some of your thoughts and how did you actually affect that change? How did you create it?
1: Yeah. So my thoughts surrounding it were more of a self-ultimatum that Mm -hmm. I interpreted the diagnosis of cancer as an opportunity for Mm -hmm. me to be intentional moving forward. At that time, there was a lot of uncertainty. And so the mindset around incorporating mindfulness was knowing tomorrow is not a given. Like how can I live my life today in a way that is in alignment so that I don't miss out on whatever limited time I possibly might have left. And so that really was the mindset going into applying mindfulness. And then in terms of how I actually did it, it started off with being curious enough and being motivated enough to want to dedicate some time to learning in depth about it. And through mindfulness-based stress reduction the foundational Mm -hmm. course that I now teach. That was really my first foray into experiential learning of mindfulness, mind, body, and spirit.
0: Love it. And for anyone who's listening, who's thinking, okay, how do I create that change? Maybe you haven't hit that pain point, but life is still challenging enough that you think this is not really where I want to be. I want to create change. I encourage you to do the same things that Dr. Liang is talking about. Look at what is the mindset? What is going on? What do you want to create? and then looking at actions and acquiring knowledge in a subject is always a great way to take action. We don't have to have all the answers. I love that you said, I'm going to first start being a student. I learned the things and then now you teach it. And I've had the pleasure of being a student in in one of your MBSR classes and you're amazing and really opened my eyes. How can I use mindfulness in a way that I'd never considered before? I used to think mindfulness was really, okay, I need to find a place. I need to sit down. I need to meditate. This is the number of minutes that I need to do it. And all of the the boxes and the boundaries that I put around concept of mindfulness. And it was really as I was going through burnout and hit that pain point of, okay, this is not good. This is terrible. I need to make a change. But what if I hadn't waited until it was so painful, right? Like I'm just thinking back to even my own journey. What if I had said, no, this is really a lot. I need to create change, but I don't know what to do. And I can promise you, mindfulness is absolutely, the magic that changed my life and that have changed so many as Dr. Leanne can attest to herself from all of her teachings and courses. So I would love for you to share a little bit for someone who's a new student to mindfulness, who's maybe just being curious, like you said, they are in a point in their life, they're stressed, they're burnt out, they are overwhelmed, there is a lot. And for them, maybe mindfulness is just one more thing that is on their to-do list. And they don't know how to make it work for them instead of being this Another source of stress. Oh, one more thing I'm not doing. How can they incorporate mindfulness into their everyday life in a way that brings ease?
1: It's actually easier than one would think. So, if you're listening to this podcast, you have a body and our body is capable of so much. If we take just a micro moment to notice, body sensations, that's a moment of mindfulness. So you can start right there. You can utilize the tools that you already have, like your body. For instance, noticing our feet. One of the adages that I've developed is ground your soul by feeling your soles. So, feeling the soles of your feet can literally ground you in your present moment experience. And then, as a pulmonologist, I love working with people and their breath. So, simply taking one breath and noticing the sensations of breathing, whether it be at the nostrils, the back of the throat, chest rise and fall, or your belly expanding and deflating, that is also a moment of mindfulness. And further, we know that specific types of breath work can actually help you activate your vagus nerve. So upregulating your parasympathetic nervous system, trying to disarm that sympathetic reactionary fight or flight stress response that we are all so good at and bringing in the parasympathetic, the rest and digest nervous system.
0: I love it. And you know what? Until you pointed out right now, I did not connect the pulmonologist and breath work. That's awesome. You you were meant to do this work. You find it connected in all places. I love that. You gave a lot of different ways of thinking. How do you really just bring these moments of mindfulness? It doesn't have to be this big old thing. You're like, you got to have a time and a location, all that stuff. You can do it right where you are. You can have a mindful moment right now. And it doesn't require anything other than our Body. And I also love you talked about really connecting to our senses, connecting to our sense of touch. What are we touching? The sense of sight and smell, a sense of touch can even be going for a walk and feeling the wind, the breeze against our face. And if you are walking barefoot, you can really feel the connectedness to earth. And sometimes I have gone walking without shoes outside in my backyard in safe places, but really feeling the the grass or feeling the sand and um, at the beaches most of us we walk barefoot and really connecting to our senses and what are we feeling with our feet and our hands what are we seeing with our eyes and hearing with our ears and those are all ways that we can build mindfulness so one of the things that really changed how I used mindfulness as a tool was realizing there's so many things in my life that is happening I was like wishing it away there were times in my life that I'm like, oh, I wish this was over I just want to somehow get this done and especially like things with the kids oh they're being they're so difficult I wish they were older and now my children are older and I wish that I could go back in time and just snuggle them their little baby feet and all that stuff that you know like time we think this time maybe there's things going on that you really just want it to go but time is precious and we don't realize how precious it is until it has passed so if you weren't wishing time to be over or you weren't thinking, you know what? This is just a hard time. But when I when I graduate, when I retire, when the kids are older and they've left the house, like then I will do X, Y, and Z. You're wishing time away from your present moment. And I think mindfulness is actually a great way to reconnect back to the moment we're in and build gratitude for what is going on. Because everything that we think we are unhappy with, someone else wishes that they could do. We think, oh, my son's being difficult there's going to be someone out there who wishes they had a son. I'm uh, annoyed at my hair is giving me trouble. Someone out there may wish they had hair. And really we could apply that to any part of our life. And I really look, even things that I, especially things that I find challenging, there could be someone out there who wishes they had that challenge. And how do I connect to that moment and build gratitude for that challenge? Because that's, I think part of my journey has been just trying to find how do I build gratitude, even when things are difficult. And it sounds like you've had very similar journeys and, and really just looking at what are even finding that gift in that moment of challenge for you. So what were some ways that helped you stay grounded and stay connected to the moment?
1: Particularly during the, the cancer journey, I started not just a sitting mindfulness practice and taking the mindfulness Space Stress Reduction course, but mindful movement in the way of yoga really resonated with me. And then also because of the surgeries that I had undergone, I had to go through some occupational therapy and physical therapy. And so actually bringing a mindful intention for those exercises that I otherwise wasn't going to do that actually helped foster the enjoyment within the activity itself. So it was really through the the healing journey of the cancer experience that I found ways to bring the mindfulness in that way. The other thing about with gratitude is that it's one of the nine attitudinal foundations of mindfulness. So it's a great way to practice mindfulness when you're grateful you're actually practicing mindfulness. So that might be more easily accessible to some.
0: I love it. And I'm so grateful that you mentioned the nine, the nine elements. Would you mind going through some of them? I know that two of my favorites are gratitude and then practicing self-compassion. I never realized actually that practicing self-compassion was actually practicing mindfulness. And so many of us, myself included, I felt like when I really paid attention to my thoughts, more than 50%, at least 75%, it's kind of sad, of my thoughts at the time when I built that awareness were judged mental, especially towards me. And it wasn't intentional. It was just, oh, I'm not doing that. Oh, I should have done that better. I didn't remember to set the alarm. I forgot this. I, I didn't do that. It was all the things that I wasn't doing right. And I realized, wow, how do I even want to do more things? Cause like you're so bogged down. And by intentionally practicing self-compassion, what I realized is I could really let go of that like sense of that tight knot that was in my chest. It was the burden that was on my shoulder that every time I started to do something in my mind would be a litany of the shoulds and oh, could have done it better, should have checked on this, like just letting go of that, I found much more present and able to enjoy it because I'm not thinking, okay, what am I going to screw up this time? So I think both of those have really, those are just two of the elements. I'd love for you to share the others and help our listeners just understand there's so many ways for us to connect to mindfulness.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And practicing mindfulness, we know from literature, largely from Kristen Neff's work in self- compassion and others, that self-compassion is part of mindfulness. So when you practice mindfulness, you also increase your capacity for Mm self-compassion. So they're not mutually exclusive. So the other core attitudes of mindfulness are non-judgment, acceptance, patience, beginner's mind, trust, non-striving, letting go. And as we had talked about gratitude, and then the last attitude is generosity. So tapping into any one of those things can be a gateway
0: towards a mindful mindset love it that is absolutely i think the most important thing is to understand it's not just meditations meditations can be part of building mindfulness but there's so many ways and especially connecting to these elements and using it to actually change the way you approach life itself what would it be like you approached life with gratitude in every step or with a beginner's mind being curious being thoughtful and wondering oh i, I wonder why instead of i can't believe you've done it again like that uh, the judgmental piece of it I think non-judgmental is again another really amazing tool I hear from so many others they hear the same thought process happening every day and if you just made a small change what could that mean at the end of the day for you for me it has really been that releasing of that like hard knotted feeling like I'm all scrunched up as a human being and then converting to this feeling expansive and full of love because when you give love to yourself and compassion to yourself, you naturally give it to others because you can't help it. But when you're constantly struggling with the judgment and the like, why, what's wrong, you know, kind of thing, then it's hard to extend it to others. And so if we really all practiced those elements, how amazing would it be? So thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. And speaking about habits, we have perhaps a tendency to make up rules and have expectations that don't necessarily really exist, or they don't have to exist. And mm-hmm. just reminding everyone that mindfulness can be practiced anytime, anywhere, doing or not doing anything by anyone.
0: Yeah. And I love that you said doing or not doing, because we think it's all about doing things. And I heard, I forget now who said this, but someone had said, we are human beings, not human doing. So if we just focused on being present, being love, being compassionate, actually just being, you don't even have to have anything connected to it. And instead of feeling, we've got to be doing something all the time. That's where I talk a lot about productivity and habits. And really one of the key things that I talk about is that productivity is about doing less but doing the things that mean it the most that brings you the the best value instead of just doing and you're not really connected to what you're doing it for, what the purpose of that is and how it connects to your life on a global level. So I think that's a great reminder. Now, if you could really explore, especially in the last 10 years as you've really grown this practice and you've incorporated it and you've been teaching others, you've been holding retreats, what is one of the key mindset shifts or things that you've learned that you felt shifted your life?
1: Regardless of the difficulty that arises in life, because it's inevitable that there will be parts of life that are uncomfortable, stressful, or difficult that all of those opportunities can be moments where we can apply mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So let the difficulty be opportunities to practice mindful. And perhaps you might have a different relationship with that particular stressor or that uncomfortable event or person or other circumstance some of which is outside of your control and some of which is within your control. But also remembering that when you choose to be intentional about practicing mindfulness during moments of difficulty, that in it of itself can help you get through that difficulty in a way that serves you better than had you chosen
0: a stressful reactive response. I love that. It's so profound. I would love to explore, get into it a little bit more if you had any examples or details, because I really want people to get, because I think that is actually so important, how we react and respond to something in our life. And a lot of times we're trying to get over it or to move away from it, but we don't ever allow it to move through us or for it to move through our life and to build a relationship that is not like trying to hide it somewhere in some part of our consciousness, but really just say that this is an experience I've been through and embracing that. So I'd love to chat a little bit more and see if you had any specific instances to share.
1: Many, many instances. Where do I begin? Um, From the from the cancer journey perspective, Mm -hmm. it's been ongoing. So as one of the costs of cancer survivorship, if you will, I have many cancer scares. So Mm -hmm. my physicians are luckily watching me like a hawk and 10 plus years have passed. But now I've lost track of how many times there were potential cancer scares. And so in approaching every moment where that uncertainty comes up yet again, of what if they find something the catastrophizing that Mm -hmm. all of us are so well trained to do those moments were made more tolerable and also helped me learn how to deal with the next moment of uncertainty for another cancer scare. Cause inevitably there would be one that comes up. That is something that I've just simply accepted and come to terms with. I was able to decrease the physiologic response of stress by practicing mindfulness. By simply taking a mindful breath, by simply acknowledging the thoughts and the catastrophizing thoughts that I was having, as opposed to trying to stop them or block them or deny their existence, like you had mm-hmm. said, really acknowledging them and holding space for them, acknowledging my emotions. So naming the emotions, we know that naming our emotions, particularly the difficult ones can disarm the amygdala and then also noticing the body sensations. So oftentimes when difficulty arises, we might find ourselves in our heads space a lot more. Mm -hmm. Tapping into those body sensations, like I had mentioned before, is a wonderful, really quick, accessible way to be mindful with the moment, even if it's uncomfortable. So that's one particular example. And then another one, and we could probably have a whole nother talk about (laughs) this one, is how to encounter uh, difficulty where there's like injustice Mm -hmm. that you are witnessing or Mm -hmm. even being a victim of, for instance. Mm So being a chinese Taiwanese American physician, unfortunately with the COVID pandemic, I have experienced some racism and in the clinic setting, for instance, from my own patients. And so rather than become super reactive and lash back with emotion and anger in a very unprofessional way, that would have been damaging for me, not only physiologically, but also to the Physician patient relationship. I tapped into curiosity. What were the emotions that I was feeling in the moment? What body sensations, and then tapping into curiosity about why did he actually say that? What were his emotions and what kind of thoughts and beliefs did he have going into that statement? So I think really helped diffuse the situation in a way that was more productive as opposed to fighting back. And it's not to say that there's complacency in that approach. It's more about coming back to intention. Yeah, sure. I could have definitely yelled at him and walked out of the room and kicked him out of my practice. But there wouldn't be any learning, there wouldn't be any mutual learning, there wouldn't be any bridge building about mutual understanding or the facilitation of further deeper human connection, even in the face of discomfort. So rather than shying away from that or letting my angry reaction take over and completely shut down communication, I chose to ground into my mindfulness practice and tap into curiosity, noticing the judgment that inevitably arose, acknowledging it from being there and coming away with a better understanding of where that statement was coming from and hopefully ultimately changing his mind into one where there was more acceptance and tolerance and also curiosity and common humanity.
0: Thank you. What a beautiful way to take a very difficult situation and be curious and see the changes that come from it. So thank you for sharing. And these are all just different ways that we can really use mindfulness in our everyday life, both with challenges and by tapping into our gratitude on what is good. What can we accept and love and be curious and and all of the things. So I appreciate you really giving life to mindfulness during this time. What are some projects or programs that are coming up and if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you and know more about you, where would they find your information?
1: Thanks, Serene. Easily locatable on my website at awakenbreath.org. And also if your listener who's a healthcare professional, I invite you to join us over at the Mindful Healthcare Collective Facebook group, and also we have a website, mindfulhealthcarecollective.com. In terms of upcoming courses, I will be teaching mindfulness-based stress reduction again, probably in the spring of 2022, and I'm really happy to announce a Mindful Healers retreat coming up in July with Yay! Dr. Jesse Mahoney. <laughs> it's going to be a completely experiential retreat, so stay tuned for that through either mindful. Healthcare Collective or dot I
0: think I said dot .com.
1: It's actually AwakenBreath.org. <laughs> awesome.
0: I will make sure to include all of that information in the show notes as well. So everyone will have a chance to connect with you and get to know you more. I really appreciate all of the time that you spent with us, as well as all the wisdom that you've shared today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Serene.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. For my listeners, if there are any topics that you want to hear more, please drop a comment below. I would be happy to add those to our weekly content. For all those listening, thank you for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please like, subscribe, leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or two. I would so appreciate that. I would love to hear from you. If you have a story to share about burnout or overwhelm, please reach out to me so we can continue to build this community so no one has to go through burnout and overwhelm alone. You can reach out to me at my website, serenitywellnessmd.com or Mindfulness and Productivity Systems Facebook page or at Serenity Wellness MD on Instagram. The content of this podcast is not meant to be medical advice. Tune in for the next episode coming to you every Thursday morning. Goodbye for now.